You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. We have been sharing with you uh, the thoughts about what is happening in higher education and in our universities across the country that we have failed truly the young people of our country with, um, you know, I I would call it an ethical failure even and a moral failure uh, that we are trying to eradicate and rewrite the narrative of history and that we are allowing under the guise of tolerance, hate speech, hate crimes to be perpetrated. And this is a very, very difficult issue to really uh, get a grasp on because the breadth of it is so wide and the ideologies and the thoughts on it run so deep and people are very rooted in that. And we're trying to get an understanding of what is happening in higher education. And right now we've got Dr. Donald Sweeting who is joining us. He is the chancellor at Colorado Christian University to try and help us understand and make sense of what is happening and what we're seeing in the media today playing out on our universities all the way from Cornell in New York to Berkeley in California. What's going on there? Good morning to you, Dr. Sweeting. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate your time. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Kelly. Great to be with you. Oh, we're, we're so glad to have you here. And before we even start our discussion, because we were chatting off the air, um, I, I think we need to let everybody know, because I, I said, this feels like old home week, yeah. and I I thought, you know, when we booked the interview, wow, Sweeting, that's such a familiar name, and we don't hear that name very often. You've got ties to the Moody Radio family. <laughs> that's right, deep ties. I'm a graduate of Moody, and my dad was the president of Moody. Uh, he's still alive, 99 years old, and I used to work for Moody Radio in Chicago. You know, he is a highly respected man, and our current president, Dr. Mark Job. I know when he was, uh, you know, commissioned in his role, he had but one request, and that was that George Sweeting would be there to pray for him and over him, and they did make that mm-hmm. happen just three years ago, and so, uh, so highly esteemed and regarded in uh, Moody itself, and so we're very, mm-hmm. very grateful, and it's wonderful to see you at the helm of another well-respected. Christian University. So thank you so much for being with us. You know, as Chancellor, kind of explain your role and your involvement in the school and in higher education and what your background is. Well, my background is I've been a pastor for about 22 years and then started teaching on the seminary level, led uh, a, a seminary, uh, Orlando's RTS, Reformed Theological Seminary, and then was asked to be president of Colorado Christian University. And I've moved into the role of chancellor, which is more focusing on external, you know, getting the word out, um, articulating why we exist and the, the importance of Christ-centered higher education. All right. Now, tell us then, you know, we are seeing some failings uh, mm-hmm. clearly yeah. across our news screens and in our social media feeds. We're seeing it in snippets. And I know sound bites are not the most reliable thing, but from a sure. 10,000 you know, foot view, what is happening in the universities across our country? Well, this is the big question. You know, this is a sub question, right? Because what's happening in Israel right now is very sobering and our hearts go out and we need to be praying about about the whole situation but one of the very important sub stories is the massive failure at the heart of american higher education 
uh, A, to be training students so that so many would come out celebrating uh, the slaughter of, of the Jews and justifying it, and then for so many administrators to be silent uh, or to equivocate and not come out very clearly uh, with uh, condemning it and standing up for, for Israel and for the Jews. Yeah. I, I just don't understand what the mindset is and, and why this is even happening. Because you know, one of the things that yeah. I really love about young people, Dr. Sweeting, is especially when they hit you know, the, the college age, is they've become very aware of the world around them. They're ready mm-hmm. to engage the world around them. To me, that's exciting. It's like, great, look, here come young adults. They're, they're getting ready to you know, fulfill their purpose, and they want to engage in the society that's all around them and understand culture and be part of it. But to see what I have seen over these last couple of weeks out of university students and just the way things have turned and to realize that a lot of them have disengaged with the truth of what history has to say about where the Jews do fit into history, where Israel is concerned, and just being in flat-out denial about certain things and jumping on board without even understanding with, well, Harvard University, for instance, uh, I think it was 30 different student organizations that were represented by a letter, and then some of these students coming out and saying, well, I didn't really understand what was in the letter. I I just, you know, our our leaders in our our groups wrote the letter and signed off on it for us. And what what on earth were you thinking? What is going on? Where is the disconnect well, it's been happening for a long time, what's, what's been uh, taught at the universities. And uh, when you move away from teaching character and moral formation, and a long time ago they moved away from any God-centered, Christ-centered perspective, and into the vacuum uh, came secularism and, uh, and, and a, a broad liberalism. But they haven't had the ability to morally sustain s- students, really. Uh, so I, I think this shows really the the loss of a, of a moral compass uh, that used to be very clear uh, when, we, when universities were acknowledged the Judeo-Christian ethic and the foundations that uh, were part of the university itself. We've moved away from all of that very clearly. And there were many warnings. I mean, Alan Bloom warned us back in 1987 in the, his book, The Closing of the American Mind. He said that uh, one thing a professor can be absolutely certain is that almost every student entering the university believes or says he believes that truth is relative. And if you believe truth is relative and morality is relative, then you can start condoning things like the, the, the burning of babies in ovens and the beheading of, of people and the, the slaughter of civilians that we saw uh, take place on October 7th. You know, one of the things that has to be taken into account here is that people pay to attend universities. Obviously, tuition right. factors into those ideologies on campus. And those, you know, tuition checks are, are large that are being written, but they right. also come with a temptation. Do you think that uh, for-profit universities um, really are, are turning away from these things because the power of those dollars to to run those organizations and to sustain their income. That may be part of the story. I don't think it's the central part of the story. I mean, we all all have those temptations of financial pressures, um, but when you lose a belief in truth and you lose a belief in moral good and moral evil, something deeper is at work. Mm. 
Well, we saw a response to what happened with um, Harvard University, and, and I'm going to focus on Harvard for just a minute because sure. that was the first, I believe, the the first widely reported story. Um, I know other stories are unfolding on campuses such as yeah. Cornell, which is really horrific what's happening yeah. out there. But um, on the Harvard campus, after these student uh, organizations published this open letter in regard to Israel and said what they mm-hmm. had to say, and some began to retract because... Uh, I believe, uh, was a student law association group, got some really heavy pushback um, from some law organizations who said, we're not going to hire you. You just sealed your fate. You're done. And then I heard also, and I can't remember, uh, Dr. Sweeting, if it was Harvard or another university, so please forgive me, but there were professors who actually said, and it may well have been another university, please don't hire my students. They're anti-Semitic. Do not hire my students. Mm. So now we have a whole other issue that's starting mm-hmm. to bloom and, and become out of control. Yeah. How do we even begin to remedy this? Because this is going. This is just going to get even uglier. Right. There, there was a, a, a growing loss of confidence in our universities and colleges way before October 7th. If you look at polls, confidence has been dropping like a rock. And I think the, the one reason is cost, as you mentioned. Steve. The other is that uh, when you're getting for all that money an ideological education uh, that is, you know, focused on gender ideology and sexual ideology and racial ideology, and you're not getting the scholarship and the learning that you you signed up for, then people say that's a bad value proposition. Uh, it's not worth paying for. And I think uh, you know what happened to, during COVID with with K through 12 schools where parents looked under the hood is happening in the university right now where people are now looking under the hood saying something is terribly wrong. Uh, our university, we, we were quick to speak out. We were one of the first in the country to speak out the, the day after this happened because, look, universities are about the truth, and truth requires moral clarity. And I'm not against free speech of students in protests. Uh, I, I'm against uh, the fact that we're producing so many students that have an upside-down moral world and that, you know, like the president of Harvard, it took three or four times for her to come out and say something morally coherent about the whole situation. Well, there is some, of course, bright spots within this. There has been a, a coalition of college officials that did release a statement because they saw what was happening at other campuses. And this, right. you know, based on the murdering of innocent civilians, you know, yeah. babies, children, raping women, taking elderly people as hostages. Um, there were some universities that got in front of it. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, Yeshiva University, Baylor, SUNY, uh, New York. And so there were several of them that banded together to really speak out against this. But they, too, even though their leadership has spoken out against it, they, too, are having those struggles on their own campuses. With your eye on university management, how can we churn that tide, the erosion of Christian values on the campuses? Is it leadership down? Is it, uh, you know, um, maybe it's the the acceptance and, you know, the admissions process? Where do you begin to kind of address these issues? I think it begins at the top where the universities need to speak out much sooner and much more clearly uh, with something as horrific as, as this. Um, you, you can do that. And the sad thing is, you know, only only two universities in the state of Colorado spoke out. And that list that you referred to, it was the We Stand Together statement. 
uh, we're on that list, but there, there are, that list came out two and a half weeks later. Yeah. And, and, and there are a lot of universities that are not even on there because they, they don't want to speak. That's a sign that something's wrong. So what do we do? Speak out clearly is a starting point. Uh, we must. Uh, we have to move away from this radical skepticism promoted by the secular academy that is showing itself uh, bankrupt. It, it hasn't done what we, what we hoped it would do. Mm. So, um, you know, can, can we reform universities? I, I hope so. I think we should not abandon them completely. Um, but I also think um, raising up new universities that have a, have a, a focus and have, have a, you know, they teach competence, character, and uh, a solid faith is, is really important. And this is where I think Christian universities are, are a great bright spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something else that's, that is it's so troubling, and uh, kind of hinted at this earlier when I mentioned Cornell University, is the, the is, this seems to really be especially prevalent on the uh, campus of Cornell, is mm. the rise of anti-Semitism that is coming out of um, all of this on our campuses. And yeah. what, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, Kelly, yeah, that's d- really disturbing, mm-hmm. uh, not just on campuses, but around the world. Oh, yeah. You're seeing this, unpre- when you have crowds cheering, gas the Jews, mm-hmm. and, and stars going up on walls in Paris, um, and, the, and incidents of anti-Semitism in the United States skyrocketing, I mean, there's something much wider going on than just the problem at college univers- and universities. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's very disturbing. 78 years after the Holocaust, here's where we are. Why not? It's so troubling to me, especially with our campuses, because here you have students, and I'm I'm around college-age students because my son is, he's 25, and he's still got a lot of friends hanging around from college, Mm. and um, what what really troubles me so much is you have this this age group that really seems to want to be immersed in different cultures and they they care about social justice etc and they care about people they, they care about inclusiveness and then now we're, we're seeing as you know a result of what's happening between israel and hamas uh, we're seeing a division where you know these these very young people or the, these very people these these young people who are saying where they cared about inclusiveness and and equality before does not apply here, mm. and I'm thinking you know okay you know we we can we can discuss inclusiveness and equality down the road but let's let's take your own ideology that you've come up with and try to apply it to this situation you're you're not even applying what you said you believed to these people. What what is going through your heads? It is just so incredibly troubling to me. Uh, the the whole thing, every inch of it. Well, that, they're embracing too a, a worldview that says uh, what Hamas is doing is okay, and it's okay to obliterate Israel mm-hmm. and and really exterminate the Jews who are there. And this is, I mean, this is the deeply troubling thing about it. This is what Hamas is out for, and they have a twofold strategy. One is to uh, a, a, rise up jihad in the Islamic world and then they play the other the other hand and they're trying to promote on university campuses this uh, view that uh, you know we're Israel's a colonial power and it's it's uh, invaded the land and it just totally misreads history mm-hmm. a- and and it totally is it's Jew hatred I mean that's underlying the whole thing and that that's uh, that's unacceptable well, There's no inclusion there. My no. my, my goodness. No, yeah. I I know and I I know. And that's what that is what is so mind-boggling yes. to me when yeah. when they 
this this age group and and I think you know exactly what I'm I'm trying to say here if you listen between the lines so to speak sure. uh, they're they're not applying this to this group of people and it blows my mind and how can you say that the Holocaust didn't happen and or that it didn't matter yeah that well, is not, so egregious to me yeah and and I'm not taking the claims of radical Islam seriously because Islam says if we have control of the land then we own it forever. You know, and that's that's what's working here. So they're not giving up their rights to that land. They're, they they think, gosh, they think Spain is theirs. They're, you know, they're claiming Spain as well. So uh, there's college students are unaware of that feature of Islam, radical Islam, and they're influenced by the you know uh, post-colonial theory, the critical theories that have become sort of the neo-Marxist grid through which they're processing events that are happening in the world today. That grid used to be a Judeo-Christian worldview. The ascendant neo-Marxism has, has reshaped their, their minds, and that's a problem for the academy. Well, one of the things that, um, you know, currently has happened, obviously we mentioned it earlier at Cornell University, Patrick Dye, the 21-year-old student from New York who was recently arrested on Tuesday because of the death threats that he was making in an online uh, chat group in in a discussion website, and even threatened to, quote, shoot up 104 West, which is referencing, uh, you know, calling for the death of Jews and their uh, on-campus um, dining hall. The, the thing that befuddles me is that, you know, 50 years ago, racism, prejudice, it was, it was mainly hidden, even by those who held those views, because at mm-hmm. some level, they knew that it was wrong, that those beliefs were evil in their nature. But now... It is widely accepted to speak out in those ways, because how otherwise could someone say these words, and I'm quoting from uh, Patrick Dye's statements, if I see another Jew on campus, if I see a pig male Jew, I will stab and slit your throat. And for days, this was known, and I understand, you know, the Cornell University police and their their law Mm -hmm. enforcement needed to deal with this, and things were happening. But these things are allowed. We hear these stories, and we're kind of going, well, it's a freedom of speech issue. This is hate speech. And in an organization that is providing academic education, there isn't any place for that. But we've read other things on campuses where on fraternity doors there have been you know, statements that are made against Israel, uh, horrible things that the campus leadership just says, well, we can't tell them to take that off of the door. That's a, you know, that's a, it's a free speech issue and they should be able to say that, but you're tolerating hate speech in a public university or even a private university. How is that even no, how is that notion even acceptable to us today in culture? Mm-hmm. Steve, when, when freedom becomes your only value, uh, we're in trouble. Yeah. Freedom, is a, freedom is a gift, but it's not a first thing. It's a second thing. It's a gift given by God. And when, when um, a freedom of speech, which I believe in and I'll defend, but when it becomes an absolute, uh, it doesn't work. You know, if, if people are calling out fire in a theater, uh, that's, where, that's where your free speech ends. I mean... You, you can't do that. Uh, if ISIS walks in the door, you know, we shouldn't be defending ISIS. If, if Hamas has this uh, hateful, um, murderous 
path, we should be very clear about condemning that. So we can't, you know, we're not teaching history, so they don't learn about the Holocaust. They have no biblical literacy, so they have no framework for understanding Israel. And then they've got this ideology that has replaced it, uh, and they absolutize freedom. It, it's backwards, and we need, we need an overhaul. Well, when, as you said, when that becomes your only defense, freedom, it can become selfish, because if we mm-hmm. are truly concerned for others, ergo, love your neighbor, this whole thing goes away. If we actually right. viewed one another for who we are, individuals mm-hmm. made in the image of Christ, and we had a genuine concern and a love for our neighbor, you would never be able to write those words to say that if I see another baby, I will behead you in front of your parents. That's absolutely <laughs> the antithesis of what Jesus is speaking and what our Creator has made us for. Right. And, and we've lost the basis for human dignity. Yeah. Uh, wh- where does that come? Well, it ultimately comes from the Bible and uh, from Scripture and the moral tradition of the Judeo Christian worldview. As that erodes, what takes its place? A different view of people, you know, power is, a, is the absolute. So um, we, we need a spiritual awakening in our nation. Uh, we need to return to foundations in American education. Uh, we need to speak out for the Jews right now because this is, this is getting worse. Yeah. Um, uh, today, R- Russia came out saying Israel has no right to defend itself in the United Nations. They said that it's an occupying power. So um, we, we, we definitely need a lot of prayer, too. Yeah. yeah, we obviously need to pray. That is one thing that the church needs to do, and the church does need to speak out. I was sharing with Steve earlier that uh, I, I and I had, had spoken with uh, a couple of people that we have on the air on a regular basis about this, that uh, I, I'm not going to get into all of the detail of it. It would just take too long. But essentially this, uh, both are Jewish, and uh, the whole upshot of what I was sharing was something that I had read that essentially said the Jewish people literally feel that they are not safe anywhere mm-hmm. yeah. on the face of this earth. And yes, they both right. said, you know, essentially, that's true. I was with a rabbi the other day, and he said, Don, I all my life I thought I'd read about the Holocaust in the past. I never thought I'd be living through the Holocaust again. You know, And that, that to me said it all. I just want to say to your audience, uh, we need to uh, speak out. Uh, evangelicals need to speak for uh, Israel and the Jews right now. Uh, we need to speak out truth. Um, when we're silent, we're in trouble. And I, I recall mm-hmm. Martin Niemöller, the Lutheran German pastor during World War II, and he said, you know, I, I didn't speak out. And when they came for the communists, I didn't speak out. When they came for the socialists, I didn't speak out. When they came for the trade unionists, I didn't speak out. When, I, when they came for the Jews, I didn't speak out. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for mm-hmm. me. This is the world's oldest hatred. It's the hatred that won't go away. We know about it from the Bible, and we have to stand with uh, our Jewish friends uh, and, and with sympathy for Palestinians who suffer under mm-hmm. Hamas's cruel rule in Gaza as well. Man. You know, you, you, just your statement, I'm mm-hmm. still hung up now about that statement that was made by uh, the Russian Federation with regard in the UN with regard to uh, Israel. I mean, it is the pot calling the kettle black, yeah. right? I mean, this is how yes. do you how do you even stand before the world amidst the leadership of all of the other countries in the world and proclaim that it is absolute idiocy to me? Well, I don't know if it's idiocy. I think it's politically motivated because 
they want uh, you know the United States to be entangled on many fronts so Russia can continue what they're doing in Ukraine so China can go into Taiwan mm-hmm. yeah. and and uh, I mean China has what they removed Israel from the map uh, last week or something like that so so uh, just you know watch the news be ready for the Lord's return but speak for justice and truth yeah. and uh, be a friend to your your Jewish friends um, uh, love them and stand with them yeah it's just horrifying horrifying yeah i wish there were a way to stop this boulder rolling downhill it's picking up speed but yeah, yeah that's this is what we we can do and this is yeah. what we must do dr sweeting we are uh we have run out of time i wish we could spend more time chatting with you it has been a pleasure thank you so much for uh taking the time to talk to us today before we do let you get off the phone could i ask you if you would to uh, just lead us in prayer over this situation because i'll tell you sometimes it just feels so Big. I don't even know how to pray, and I, I know our listening mm. audience feels the same way sometimes. Yeah. Father God, we pause right now to acknowledge that you are the sovereign Lord over history, and our times are in your hands. And we acknowledge Jesus Christ as the, the Lord and Savior, uh, the coming Messiah, and we long for his return. But meanwhile, meanwhile, we want to live for you and do what is right. Um, we pray, Lord, for uh, the, the resistance, uh, the 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 stopping of evil we don't even know how to it's hard to articulate uh, but that you would you would restrain it in some way we pray for wisdom for the leaders of the world for president biden for uh prime minister netanyahu uh for others who are involved we we pray that uh, you would protect us in this process and we ask this in christ's name amen you're listening to mornings with kelly and steve on moody radio from the word to life